You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Oh, and a very good morning to you, everyone, and good morning to you, Heels. It is an early morning for you. You have arrived in India. And through the marvels of modern technology, we have you on the line from Admenabad. G'day, Paddy. You should see me here in my room. I've got that many devices and power banks, <laughs> and I've got a laptop, an iPad, my iPhone on a massive charger, and the codec box with headsets. I've got four or five things on the go here. I'm like NASA. <laughs> so I'd be good at it. Yes. yes. With, with my vast technical knowledge, I'd be really good there, do you think? Uh, I might photograph things for you so that when you need to do this, you just follow the instructions of the photograph, mate. But I have beaten Albanese over here, haven't I? Albo's coming today, Vanessa just said. Yep. So I'm here. I'm not in his important business group. But I'm just going to try to shoulder me way in. Oh, so you're not joining the uh, CEOs of Qantas, of the CBA, of Fortescue Metals, of, of Rio Tinto. You're not in that little cabal, are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be my, that'll be my one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't heard of who's coming with him, but uh, yeah, we're, we're here um, and uh, people are very excited about it. They, they're a big crowd. They're expecting for the, the Narendra Modi and Anthony Albanese um, ceremony before the match starts and, and they've cleared 85,000 seats and they're getting everyone in for those. They've done some behind-the-scenes work to get Australians uh, available to come into the ground. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, then then it might thin out after that, they reckon, but a uh, big start to this match. Yep. Now, it's a little bit unfair to ask you any questions about being there because you didn't arrive until 11 o'clock at night, which was only a couple of hours ago. But you've seen Barat. He's provided you with a little bit of uh, technical support. What, what, what's he told you about what we're going to expect over the next few days? Right, so there's no shortage of pitchers getting ready for this game. <laughs> yeah, you they've know, got two they've, covered. They've got two ready to go, <laughs> and neither of them are in the middle of the ground. So at whichever one they choose, it's going to have a big boundary and a small boundary. Um, so so that's a, a little bit in, interesting. Uh, he seems to think it'll be the same as last pitch. He, his suspicions are, or his inside word is they'll use the black one. They've got a black soil one and a red soil one. Uh, the black one might go, it might get the nod. It'll be the same. It'll be dry at the ends. They'll brush some grass off it today. The photographs that are that have been released, they all look quite green, don't they? So, so he thinks they'll be similar. A bit of green in the middle, but dry around the ends. Uh, and the black soil is not meant to bounce as much. So, Delhi was a black soil pitch where we played all those sweep shots, and we got LBW a lot. So. So we'll have techniques ready to go for that now and uh, it just remains to be seen when they decide which one they're going to play on. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The, the stats from this match, are, well, leading up to this match, uh, are quite incredible. Over the last decade, spinners have taken 48 wickets to paces, pace attack 11 wickets uh, in, in tests that have been played there. Uh, but in saying that, the most recent Ranji Trophy match there, Railways, one of the local teams, scored 508. 
after batting first. So, yep. yeah, you're right. A lot is going to depend on what the, what pitch is thrown up. And remember, India, there's still a big chance that India will be in this World, World Test Championship final against us. But they need to win this one to absolutely secure their spot at the Oval in July. Oh, good call. Yeah. Good call. I, I have just put them in there, naturally. I, I don't see Sri Lanka beating New Zealand twice out no. of two games in New Zealand. So they're the only uh, competitors on the block for their percentage win rate. So, yeah, I, I've got these two down for the World Test Championship. So, gee, how, how, you know, how good would it be if we could class it as a two-match series now? But it, it won't, but it's a good hit-out before they meet each other on the 7th of June. Yeah, so do you actually get to go to the cricket? I mean, I know you're over there on heat business and you'll probably get tied up in this whole, uh, you know, this major diplomatic show that is playing out. Well, the one thing I don't want to get caught up in tomorrow is a, it's a holiday, <laughs> as it was today, they say, where you, they, they're quite respectful, uh, Barat says these days, but if, if you just walk, you get caught outside too long, they'll throw this dye colour powder all over you. And uh, with, there's photographs of our women in the WIPL uh, that, that did it yesterday. Uh -huh. um, so Megan Shoot was one of them. So I don't really want to go there. Um, so we're going to lock up today. We've got the day to get over the flight and, and this show. Then, uh, then I'll have the show tomorrow night. Yep. And then I'll have, yeah, we're going to the cricket because there's hospitality. There's been some meetings lined up for Terry Svensson and Adam Dale and I. Um, just to just to be known to people about how our beautiful weather in Queensland and our great facilities for either training or playing, um, and, and you know to set up an exchange of some description between our players, our women and men, and our staff. You know, and then our administrative staff. Why can't we have an exchange of of all those sorts of ideas between uh, associations over here and our provinces? So so yeah, we're we're looking to do all that. And then I'm going to fit some commentary in for SEN. And apparently that's down the other end of the ground. Oh, it'll be a nightmare, Patty. And then we've got, then we've got some dinners. We've got some dinners booked. So, oh, how uh, are you going to do we'll that? see how I go, eh? Well, the biggest yeah, crowd, we're, we're going back to uh, an Ashes at the MCG. Now, to put it in context, Heels, this stadium is one-third larger than the MCG. It's, it's, right. it's quite amazing, really. So... They're saying that 91,112 witnessed day one of the 2013 Boxing Day Ashes Test. Um, they say that that will, could easily be eclipsed tomorrow. So, yeah, look, there's a, a great yep. air of expectation. Yes, and as I said, they've got a lot of invitees and university students and Narendra Modi lovers and real supporters coming because he's there tomorrow. It's his stadium. Um, and it's named after him. So, and he was the president of the the local cricket association, and, and now he's made it all the way to the prime minister of India. So, you know, there will be a lot of supporters of his there tomorrow. How long they stay is another thing. What one thing about this stadium, um, and I had to check with Barat, there's 90 steps between the dressing rooms and the ground, right? So you got to take 90 steps down to the ground or up when you're going to lunch or when you're out when you've been dismissed, off the big ground and up 90 steps before you get into the dressing room, right? And I said to Barrett, there must be good dugouts down on the field. Is there the players? No, there's no dugouts at this ground, he's saying. So if Steve Smith wants 
10 pairs of gloves if he's going to make 100. <laughs> the, the poor runners, they'll be up and down. They'll be doing hill climbs, you know. Yeah. So so it's going to be stressful uh, for for the reserves if that is the case. Yeah. And it's 38 degrees tip tomorrow. Oh, oh, really? What about this young spinner, Todd Murphy? Um, it, it, this will be surreal for him. It'll be surreal for Matty Kuhneman. I know you'll get into his ear, hopefully, and just have a chat to him because he's one of your guys. But for Todd Murphy, who's who's made a, a stunning debut over there, and he's had Coley's measures throughout this uh, this series as well. So I, I bet I bet he's salivating tonight over there. It's been awesome. I think I look back to to Nagpur and when he walked out the battle, sort of at the top of my mark, like thinking, "Yeah, this is this is just as good as it gets." Getting bowled a guy like that, so to be able to have that um, for the first three tests and yeah, a couple of really good battles has been awesome and yeah, really enjoyable. And it's yeah, no different to bowling to a lot of their guys. When they stand at the yeah stand there, it's it's daunting at times, but it's also exciting. Yeah, Kuhneman's also got Coley too. So uh, the, the two new faces in the team have had Coley's measure during this series. It's been great. Yes, how good have they been? Now spinners, their combinations, they've all had massive hauls of wickets at times. And and when Todd wasn't getting wickets in the last Test innings, he he kept it extremely economical. So that's really good. Did, did Buff? Did did you have Buff select his team yesterday? I think we have uh, like uh, TikTok, TikTok yeah. Yes, yes. The, he, he put the Australian oh, team TikTok. up uh, uh, yesterday and we will have the in, his choice for the Indian side up after the show today. Yeah. We recorded okay. them back to back. Well, I'll have a look at that. I'll have a look at that and then try to... It, did he go stay with two quicks and three spinners? I don't want to... You know, yeah, one all-rounder, one quick and three spinners. You know? I, don't, I don't want to spoil same it. Same team. Yeah. Right <laughs> we'll have to go on yeah. TikTok, Pat and Heels. Sorry, Pat Heels. <laughs> well, you're going to tell me how to get on yeah. TikTok. Um, the other thing he did suggest yesterday, you know, we, we're talking sort of longer termish ashes, uh, and I, I asked about Warner and Head, etc. What are his thoughts were? And they're a few better to ask. He's an Australian coach. Uh, he has yes. suggested that maybe Warner bats down if he wants to prolong his international yeah. career. Uh, mm. And why? Why would that prolong his international career? Well, just free him up and, and bat him down in the ashes. He said. So. He's just got to get his feet going, it's in my thoughts. You know, his front footwork and his back front foot, or front back footwork are not working. They're not going back and across or forward into the ball. Mm. He's standing and delivering and hitting at wide balls that he shouldn't way too often. So, so if he gets that going, he's right about wherever he likes yeah. um, because it's all, it'll all come back to him. Tell us what you think about this series. Brighton Homes open line, 13-13-55. It's a mouth-watering position now. I mean, we, we were half expecting with the way the Indian spinners dominated for it to be 3-0 and or 3-0 when we got to this stage, but it's 2-1 and one, and the Australians can keep their very good record, recent test record intact. And India haven't lost a series or haven't, haven't drawn a series even over there in over a decade since yeah. they yeah basically uh, it's it's been a decade since India failed to win a home series so there's a lot hinging on this amount of bad tests we've got a lot in the show today Hills we're going to have a chat to Storm and Maroons hooker Harry Grant who was the game breaker the other night for the Storm we've got Titans for Jamin Jolliffe now what a start of the season he's had I know they're only one game in but he was brilliant through the trials as well he's been a real meter eater for the Titans. We'll get a little insight there as well from Jamin on uh, the condition of Kieran Foran. I mean, we're expecting him yesterday morning to be out two to four with this knee injury, but he's been named in okay. the side for the Dragons this week. This has all happened while you were Ooh. in the air. 
We're going to talk uh, quite a deal of motor racing as well because we've got uh, we've got Stevie Johnson, who's the the host of SEN's The Driver's Seat, and a former supercar driver. We're heading into the Newcastle 500 uh, round this week, uh, start of the supercar series. Right, so Paddy. Mm-hmm. So is uh, Stevie? He's in the Mustang teams, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, DJR, Dick Johnson Racing. Yeah, they're they're Mustangs. Are there only are there only two Camaro and Mustang in correct. the whole field now this yes, year? Yes, correct. Right. So you're going to help me. What's Triple Eight? What do they go in? Triple Eight are the Camaros or the Chevy Camaros. So they're they're oh, Van Gisbergen and and the old Holden Commodores. Yes. They are now, and they've made a lot of the Camaros for other teams. That's how big and they are. In the are. last week, have they have they stayed faster than the Mustangs? Well, yes, that that's the word that we're getting, mm. and and I mean we need to get horses mouth type stuff, and Steve will be that. He'll he'll try and give us an insight into where we're headed uh, with this. But th- they were saying that it, there could be up to you know point eight of a lap, point eight of a second per lap, which is a lot in motor racing. Um, we'll see. They've done yes. private more private testing, etc., since the Sydney Test Day. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there. So we, we've got lots on the show today, um, and, and we'd love to hear from you. The Brighton Homes open line, as I said, 13 13 55, or the text line 0467 736 736. We're back. As we said, Ian Healy joining us today from Ahmedabad. He's flown to India for the fourth test and for business meetings. He's over there. The Prime Minister's not even there yet. Heels has beaten him there. And Heels, we've got a very special guest on now from the Melbourne Storm, an ambassador for Ampol Little Origin, which I think this is a wonderful, a wonderful idea. Ampol Little Origin, it's now open for students across New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience to play at half-time during this year's Ampol State of Origin series. So how good's that? Head to nrl.com slash Ampol Little Origin to apply on behalf of your school now. Winning schools will receive five grand uh, to help aid their rugby league program. And talking about it, and also talking about All Matters League, is the Yapoon Seagull's greatest export. Good morning to you, Harry Grant. <laughs> Good morning, fellas. How you going? Yeah, we're very well. Heels is sort of over. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning, Harry, so and it, it won't be any any influence on you if Heels does not off during this interview, but it's he's only just arrived <laughs> after 16 hours of travel. There's no way, mate. There's no way, Harry. No I won't way. be nodding off at all. I, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought rugby league has been negligent in the schools, but this is another wonderful thing to get into those school programs again. That where ten schools get to play at halftime at, at different matches of the Origin. So you you must be really pleased to be an ambassador for such a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Um, I'm very, very pleased to be on board. I think I would have loved it as a as a kid. I think if I seen that, I would have been uh, jumping at it. So, um, yeah, ten schools, as you said, uh, winning schools receive a five thousand dollar grant towards their rugby league program, and um, yeah, I think I think it's just a great opportunity for um, kids to to play on the big stage and um, once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And the first 50 schools to register for the, this 2023 Ample Little Origin Series will receive a, an official NRL prize pack to use in their school program. So that's great. Hey, on the footy side of it, it started beautifully for you. The the game breaker the other night against the Eels. Um, I mean, Bellamy just keeps keeps doing it, mate, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he keeps doing it. I, I think it's a, probably a good representation of, um, you know, how hard the team and how hard the, the club works 
in the off-season and in the pre-season. Um, he's got a pretty good record there at the moment, Belzer. Uh, so, uh, it was, yeah, it was a very gritty win. We hung in there and, and got the chocolates in the end. So, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a good way to start the season. He, he's got a pretty good record at the other end of the season as well. But did you consider the ramifications of not crossing the line when you took it out of dummy half? <laughs> oh, well, the boys couldn't kick a field goal, so I just thought, oh, maybe let a run and see how we go. Um, no, yeah, I, I Munster had market. his arms flapping everywhere. Yeah, he broke his fingernail. I'm not sure why he was calling the ball. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I, I just seen the markers offside, so I thought if they if they tackle me, we'd, we'd get a penalty, or we, by the rule book, we should, should get a penalty. So um, I, thought, I just thought I'd take my chance. Now, can you also speak to us about Munster and his toughness? I know there's there's lots of you know, and you you know, like the compound dislocation. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks, mate, isn't he? Yeah, no, it's just in his ear. It's just a fingernail. His fingernail, <laughs> a little bit of blood there. Oh, you guys, are, you no, guys just... are tough, Mark, because you really are. <laughs> He's as uh, tough as a two-dollar steak, mate. He's um, <laughs> yeah. You he, he, he wouldn't even know. He didn't complain one bit. Um, he, even at halftime, he was he was so calm and so keen to get back on the field. And yeah, his his finger had a bit of blood and um, dislocated. And uh-huh. so yeah, I think he I think he really stood stood up for us. And um, for him to do that in the first game, it's yeah, it's a testament to him. And um, hopefully, he has a big year on the back of that. Everything looks pretty much in order, Harry. Um, you know, missing those players that have departed your squad, does it feel does it feel okay? Yeah, yeah, it feels okay. I think you know, every year we have um, a, a high turnover of players and experienced players. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's exciting for a lot of guys to um, sort of fill those boots, and then um, for the guys, you know, in our in our leadership group, it's kind of exciting for us to sort of. Um, yeah, take a bit more responsibility and uh, there's been a bit of a change of guard of those, those senior players that have been here for, for a number of years. So, um, yeah, we can sort of put a little bit of spin on it, our own spin on it. And we got Joel Selwood uh, helping us with that. So um, that's pretty awesome to have yes. one of the greats in the AFL world to um, help us alongside, um, you know, Craig and, and Frank, who are great leaders in their own sense. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's more so exciting at the moment for, for the season ahead. That is a nice, fresh addition to what you've had over the last, say, 10 years, for example. But in, in preparation for this squad to get going, do you have to go way back over everything? You know, the standards that are set and expected and go and, and reteach a lot of stuff? Um, a little bit, like a, a lot of the start of pre-season is um, you know, dedicated to breaking it right down for, for the guys that are sort of new to the team but um, you know those yes. guys that are stepping in and filling the roles um, you know, they've been in the, the squad for a number of years so they get it and they've um, you know, been doing it they've been training, they've been playing um, reserve grade and yeah, behind closed doors I guess you could say and they just sort of hit the scene at the right time but uh, yeah I think yeah it's just and and it's important we you know for the things we need to change from the last few years that uh, as a group we can sort of change that and adapt to to where everyone's at and um, you know to sort of suit the the current squad. 
Hey, I bet you had a half an eye on Sunday afternoon at Suncorp with the Bromwich boys and Felice playing. Oh, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's just good. You know, they've done so much for our club. Um, for them to get the opportunity to go to a start-up uh, organisation and, and, you know, try and make their, their mark and have an impact on that club. Uh, I think Footy, yeah, Foot's got cheese and beauty. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Footy must have... I don't know, Brandon must have owed Pussy some money or something. Pussy's a very tight man, so uh, that might have been might have been what it was. But um yeah, stoked for them boys and um it's great for Queensland rugby league and uh, the NRL in general that they got off to a good start. Yeah, he's been very heavily involved off the field and in mentoring roles, Kafisi. But uh, you've got the Bulldogs at home uh, this week and Josh Adokar returns. He'll probably like that. You need to be careful. Yeah, we've got to be careful of the fox. You can't give him too much space. Um, I thought I was rocking a bad haircut on the weekend and then I was watching the clips and Joshy's got the... Uh, yeah, he's got a horrible haircut, so you won't miss him. Um, but, um, but, no, nah, yeah, I think you know, he'll be he'll be excited to come back down and play at Amy Park in, in front of um, you know all the fans and members that um, once cheered him on. I'm sure they're still cheering him on now uh, deep down, but yeah, it'd be good to, to play against him, and I'm excited for our first home game this year. Hey, now, th- this is probably out of your realm, but there's just a little talk that uh, the Storm could be interested in Carrigan uh, when he comes up. Um, he's he's certainly one of the Fords of the future, Paddy Carrigan, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that one, but I'd love Paddy down here. Um, <laughs> I think he was actually in the Storm junior systems. Um, yeah, he's... He's got Storm written all over him, but um, yeah, he's he's a Broncos player at the moment, mate. He's um, he's a leader in their club and um, in their organisation, so uh, he's playing some good footy for them. And as long as he's playing good footy for the Broncos, he'll probably be playing good footy for Queensland. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's all talk, really, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, of course it is. Hey, look, speaking of junior systems, etc. You, you're in the Broncos junior system, but. I read a really interesting, so I don't know how often you've spoken about this, but you had this awful staph infection as a 12 and 13-year-old that number one could have been fatal, but but number two, uh, along with that leg break that you had, kept you out of league for a couple of years, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll probably speak about it a little bit just because of the way it shaped um, my career or how it sort of panned out. For me, I think I was always in the halves and, um, then I had a couple of years out with that injury and I came back and um, had to play a hooker. I don't know if you can hear those crows going off in the background. I can, yeah. I thought um, you were a wildlife sanctuary <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful Richmond, mate. Beautiful Richmond. Um, no, yeah. Uh, so I had a couple of years off and come back and I was playing the school team as a hooker. So I just put my hand up and slotted in. And um, Yeah, I don't think if I had those couple of years out... And, made that transition to hooker that I'd be um, playing NRL, playing for, you know, had the chance to play for Queensland and Australia. So um, I guess it's just for anyone doing it um, a little tough out there, going through a negative situation, like the way I look at it, there's always um, a bigger positive to to come down the track. Yeah, good stuff. um, Yeah, that's just the way I look at it. Yeah, well done, really well done. And uh, did did you get 80 minutes in the other day, the other night against the Eels? Yeah, got the uh, got the full game in. So, Did you? Um, How are you yeah, finding that? 
No, yeah, really, really. Oh. I'm um, excited for for that throughout the season. I like just being involved. So um, the more I can be on the field, the, the better. There um, you go. But uh, the the body was cramping towards the end. But I was looking around; it wasn't just me. <laughs> there was a fair few. Yeah, there was plenty. You're yeah, right. The cramps were a plenty. Hey, you got the dogs this week on the rebound. What, what's the thinking there? Um, yeah, obviously, just our first home game. Um, going to be exciting for for the club and um, you know for our Storm members and fans back at Amy Park. So uh, yeah, I think you know we just got to focus a lot on um, you know what we want to achieve as a, as a footy team and um, how we want to play. We have a, a bit of look at them today actually and, and watch some clips Bells has always got a thousand clips to watch He's, uh, <laughs> he leaves no stone unturned old old Craig but uh, yeah we'll have a look and then uh, go from there but really excited to see all our Storm members and fans out there no AFL this weekend so um, no excuse and now, <laughs> now, now sorry now Paddy yeah you'll get you've got that one covered mate um, Harry, what uh, what have you signed up to in the Ampol Little Origin Ambassador? Is there, are there specific roles you've got to do? Or have you just lent your name and your image to it? Yeah, no, just just to try and help um, you know push the uh, the campaign. I think um, you know it was, it was, for me it was like I would have loved okay. to be involved and have that opportunity early days when um, when I was through school. So uh, yeah, try and spread the message that um, that opportunity is available for, for kids to, to play at half-time at any state of origin this year. So, um, yeah, it's a really good opportunity. Hey, Harry, always great to hear your voice, yeah, mate. Uh, one of Queensland's finest, and we can't wait for origin, obviously. But uh, you uh, hooking your name to this uh, in, in initiative, I think, is fantastic. Uh, the ambassador for the Ampol Little Origin. Get onto that website right now, which is uh, nrl.com slash Ampol Little Origin, one word, Ampol Little Origin to apply on behalf of your school. Big prizes and, and great rewards. So, Harry, thank you. Early season, but uh, a great start for you and uh, uh, the storm looked like being a big, big force yet again. Good on you, guys. Thank you. Heels, any tips in the cricket, mate? <laughs> uh, yeah, keep your head down, mate. Oh, for, for you... Uh, swing hard, <laughs> swing hard, and find swing a little bit. Righto, there we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good on you, Harry. Thank you, mate. As we've said, generational change for the supercars and host of SEN's The Driver's Seat Show. Seven o'clock tonight on SENQ follows Sports Day. Stephen Johnson, one of the great names in motor racing. Stevie, great to have you on the show, mate. Um, can you try and sort this out for us and uh, and give us the uh, a layman's look at what we can expect from these brand new cars this weekend in Newcastle. <laughs> hey, Paddy and hey, Heels. Uh, first of all, I can't believe Heels couldn't make it back from India just to do my interview. <laughs> a little bit disappointed with that, but <laughs> we'll press on. We'll press on. <laughs> I think it's a little bit exotic the fact that you've got him in uh, in a city the size. <laughs> we, 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 we don't know whether there's eight million or eleven million live there, but it's very, very big. <laughs> I've just seen a family of five on a motorbike go past. That's the latest <laughs> traffic, traffic report. So, <laughs> mate, this, this genera- Gen 3, Steve, this is throwing up some unexpected uh, results to you, it, definitely to the outsiders. Yeah, boys, absolutely. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's not only interesting for us that, that is in, in the industry, but 
it's going to be very interesting for the spectators as well and the supporters because the last time we had a, a major change like this was going from the original uh, supercar to the, the car of the future, which is basically what we had up until the end of last year. At the start of that, there was a massive change with uh, who was on pace, who was fast, who had sorted out the car the best. And it was actually Brad Jones Racing back then that were the team to beat for the first half of the year. Uh, and I don't expect Gen 3 to be any different, to be honest. I mean, there's been quite a few um, teams having little niggly issues at, at the test days that they've had up until this point. Um, we're going back to Newcastle, first time since 2019. It's probably one of the harshest and, and roughest tracks uh, on the calendar uh, and the harshest on the equipment. So going there with a brand new car, basically untested, especially on a track, uh, a street circuit like um, like Newcastle, absolutely, it's going to throw up some some results that none of us are going to expect, which I think is going to be fantastic for the category. So, Steve, in, in the old 25 words or less, apparently these these racing cars look more like the car that you're going to see on the street, more like the Camaro and more like the brand-new Mustang that you're going to see driving around the streets. Is that right? Yeah, Paddy, absolutely. They're, they're a proper... I guess when you look at the car, the actual size of the car is exactly like the road car. Um, it's based off the road car, whereas the old car of the future car from last year, the Mustang, was a bit of a hybrid model to be able to fit the chassis underneath it. So now the, now the chassis and the, the working parts underneath the car are to a, a size that's going to be basically um, able to fit um, the car in shape. You're going to see that. So it's, it's going to be fantastic and everyone's going to recognise each and every car. Hey, Steve, did you get in and have a drive of them and have you given it a real touch-up yet? <laughs> no, mate, they haven't let me near it. I think I'm too old now. So uh, oh. <laughs> they let the young guys do that now. So I'll, uh, I'll just stick to the old Touring Car Masters cars, mate, the old 69 Mustang that I'm driving. That's, uh, <laughs> that's about me at the moment. So now all, the, all this pre-publicity is around the Camaros having the edge and, you know, whether we can believe it, but they're talking about 0.8 of a second per lap, which, as you well know, when you're racing cars, that's a long way. Yeah, Paddy, it is. It's a long way. Um, and we're really... No one's really going to know. I mean, you can do as much um, aero testing and, and checking and trying to get the parity. I mean, we're, we're just the, the, the fundamentals under car are all the same, suspension and all that sort of thing, but... The engines are totally different, and the aero packages are totally different, and the shape's totally different. So um, we're not really going to know, to be honest, until everyone's let loose in anger and they're actually pushing 110% to get the, the most out of their car. Because you know what? Everyone plays games behind the scenes. Everyone tries to make it look like they're not as good, a bit like F1. And uh, and when it comes to the crunch, qualifying on Saturday for, uh, for the supercars in Newcastle, we're going to know exactly then who's got the faster car. Yeah, and tyres are getting talked about a fair bit too. They're claiming that they will be very important, Steve. Yeah, they will, mate, because the not only are they running softer compound of tyre now, but because these cars haven't got as much aerodynamics, which means they haven't got as much force pushing the car to the ground, um, the cars are sliding around yes. a lot more. So when the cars are sliding around a lot more, the tyres are wearing out quicker. Um, and they're finding it hard to 
to do a longer race run, like a 10, 15, 20, 25 lap run in these cars, because the tyres end up basically falling off the car, not literally, but the, uh, it's like you're going from a brand new tyre to literally a tyre with nothing left on it in 10 laps. So it's going to be very interesting to see, A, how the drivers have got to drive these cars to make them last over a race distance before their pit stop. And two, who's going to have the best tyre life out of um, out of all the teams that are running these new Gen 3 cars or these new Gen 3 cars? Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it, mate? I mean, just so many unknowns as we launch into this brand new era. But who do you? What what will be quicker? Will, will the cars of old be faster, or these new Gen three cars? I reckon the these new cars will eventually be faster. I don't think straight up they'll be faster. Um, but when you look at the times and things they were doing at uh, you know the respective test tracks, Queensland Raceway and Winton, they weren't actually that far away from from uh, last year's car, the Gen 2 car. So, and this is at a very, very early stage now of their um, of their development. So, the Gen 2 car was basically developed right to the to the end, and um, it was such a refined, nice, fast car. This one's not even really scratched the surface on what they can do, yeah. and they're literally within a second of the old car. So, I reckon eventually these cars will be faster, but they'll be harder to drive. Hey, just very quickly, we're getting close to the 8.30 news. Shane Van Gisbergen, again, the man to beat? Yeah, you can't say uh, anything else but um, Shane Van Gisbergen. You know, he's a class act and he's showed that the last few years. And, um, you know, he's probably the hardest worker in pit lane. So, I'll, uh, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to beat him. Stephen Johnson, host of SEN's The Driver's Seat, tonight at 7 o'clock on SENQ. Yeah. Paddy, you know, Steve, the first show of the your driving show that I heard was when you'd yeah. just been uh, mountain biking with Shane Van Gisbergen and, and nailed his collarbone. <laughs> so, and he, st- he still got through the whole season, didn't he? He did, mate. He did. We had, we had so many race drivers trying to pay uh, us to take him mountain biking again, and, uh, <laughs> and he, he, he kindly declined. So, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Wade. Can't wait for the show tonight and your analysis of what's going to be a very exciting supercar season. Stephen Johnson, thank you very much. Pleasure, Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Well, just like last week, they're being made to wait until the last game on Sunday night. But the Titans won't mind because they started off with a great win in round one and they've got the Dragons. It could be a 2-0 by the end of it. Jamin Jolliffe joining us, one of our favourite forwards. First of all, Jamin, your form through the trials in this opening round match has been wonderful i've got to say i mean i know you're not used to giving a rap to yourself but you've got to be pleased with how things are going mate yeah no i've been been very happy um obviously i've spoken before about how tough our pre-season is and um i think that's sort of had a big part to play in sort of why i'm sort of in a bit of good form at the moment so just hoping i can keep carrying that through the season and do my job for the boys yeah, how is your body holding up after that first game, Jamin? Because possession was hard to come by early and they, they made you work hard. Yeah, not going to lie. I was a bit stiff after that one. I think so was everyone yeah. else. We, uh, I think we spent the majority of the game trying to come out of our end. So, bit of a bash up, but um, you know, I think that the only one to come out with, with a bit of a niggle was Kieran Fawn. So, um, now, besides that, I'm feeling good. Everyone's feeling good. So we should be pretty fit and strong for the uh, for the clash on Sunday. I think I know the answer to this question, but Kieran Foran has been named, even though we read initially that he could be out two to four. Uh, can you give us an insight, or would you tell us that, that we've got to wait till later in the week? 
<laughs> I'll be honest. I, as far as I know, he's travelling really well. Um, obviously, nothing sort of guaranteed, but um, at the moment, he's tracking pretty well, and um, yeah, he's confident. So, you know, obviously, he's going to come down to this training week and see how he goes. But the club's confident that he'll be able to take the field, so it'd be a big one to have. But you know, obviously, if not, uh, we've got some good players there that can slot in. Yeah, that's good news, mate. Um, geez, you've got some emotion swirling around the club already. Uh, give us an update if you can, if you've got anything on how Bo Fermore's dealing with things, and then the then the you know the highlights of David Fafita resigning. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, yeah, losing Bo is a tough one. He's uh, one of the good mates, and first few days was he was a bit shaky, but uh, yeah, he's in good spirits now and. Um, you know, I think he went into surgery yesterday and he's just he's excited now to you know, sort of turn his focus on the next year and he'll start working hard. Uh, yeah, so it's good. He's, he's a tough bloke and he'll get through that. So I've got no doubts he'll be, he'll be big for his next year. And, and then obviously Davey as well. Obviously there's a lot of um, speculation whether he'd be going down to the Raiders or up to the Broncos. But for him to commit to the club for the next few years is, I think it just shows sort of the faith he has in, in this group and and the faith we have in him. So it's it's really special. There's not many players like Dave, especially when you get him firing. No one can stop him. So if we can do our job for him this year, I think he'll be massive for us. Yeah, as Heal said, it's going to end the speculation, so we don't have to keep asking you about it, and you were getting sick and tired <laughs> of, of, of answering it. But, but, but you're right. It, it's a big tick in favour of the club, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Obviously, you know, a lot of big clubs trying to get a hold of Dave and... and probably throwing quite a bit of money at him as well. So for him to commit to the club, I think it just shows that, you know, he really does believe in the group. But I think we've got a really good core group now that are, that are signed up long term. So, you know, it's more and more decent players to the club and, and encourage more players to want to re-sign and be here and, and be a part of the success. So, you know, there's being a, being a quite a new club, everyone wants to be that first, you know, that first group that has some sort of... Um, you know, premiership glory. So yeah. that's the goal and, and that's what we're working towards. Yeah, there was a lot to like about your performance against the West Tigers. What what were some of the things you liked? Obviously, plenty still to work on. I thought we made it really tough for ourselves early, a few cheap penalties and, and giving up uh, field position. But just the, the urgency with our online defence and, and just scrambling so well, um, I think it shows that everyone out there had each other's backs. So... Uh, you know, obviously, not perfect at times, but whenever someone made a mistake, there was always someone there to cover. So, um, I just thought I just thought that was terrific on the weekend, and it just sort of showed a real attitude shift amongst the group. And like I've said before, we are a real tight knit group. And you know, that, honestly, we spoke about the Tigers and how much possession they had. They they probably could have won four games over, you know, with that much field position and possession. Mm. Um, so to hold them out and, and still, you know, we managed to put points on the board when we did was just real positive signs. Hey, just quickly, and I'm probably throwing you under the bus a, a little bit here, the, the whole HIA debate, mate. I mean, where are you at with that? I mean, Ricky controversially saying, oh, you know, the coaches can make decisions and things like that. But I don't know. Can you trust the players? Can you trust the coaches? Yeah, it's a tough one. Obviously, yeah, you see a lot of players who, who do get shaken up. They want to stay on the field because, you know, obviously it is, you know, there's times in the game you might get rattled up a bit, but you, you want to stay out there for your mates and, and, you know, do your job. But 
end of the day, it's player safety, whether whether 15 minutes is necessary or, or you get your test done and and you come back on the field, I'm, I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, it is a tough one. And it did cost a few teams on the weekend. Um, you know, so it, it, is a, it is a tough one. And, and, you know, whether they can tweak it a bit, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, at the moment, I think, you know, it, it obviously is. Players' uh, safety and welfare in mind. And, yeah, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you because I think at some point it'll probably happen to us this year. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. But do you do you think uh, maybe they can shorten the fifteen minutes if you've passed your benchmark? You know, your, your HIA uh, cognitive functions fine. Do you still have to stay off for fifteen? Do you think, or could you go straight back on? Maybe. Yeah, I'm, that's what I said. yeah. I think you could probably take the field early. I mean, if you're passing it with flying colours, I mean, get them back out there. If you're not showing any signs of of concussion, I mean, what's the point of waiting? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, if it happens to me and I'm, I'm passing it, I want to get straight back out there. So that's just my opinion. All right, mate. We really appreciate you talking to us. You've got the Dragons. Uh, you're away again this week. So you get thrown into one of the great cauldrons down there at Cogra. Sunday afternoon, you've got the long wait. And we don't really know a lot about the Dragons because they had the first round uh, by. Yeah, true. You, you can't really go off trial games because obviously yeah. there's a lot of young kids playing and still trying to figure things out. So... Yeah, we won't take them lightly. We'll expect them to come out flying. Right, mate. Thank, really appreciate you Good talking luck, to us. Man. And uh, yeah, congrats on a, on a wonderful start to the season. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Jamin Jolliffe joining us there. Titans one and zero. Let's hope for Hills uh, around about seven thirty, eight o'clock Sunday night. They're two and zero. Yeah, that'd be great. The, the Dragons can wrestle pretty well early in the morning. They might put that in the afternoon, and uh, they'll have their hands full. <laughs> All right, we'll be back.